You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Dan yeah, man. Have a listen. Hi everyone, my name's Chris May. Welcome to another edition of the of the Mariners podcast. It's been a while since we've got around the table, but it's good to be back. Uh, alongside me this evening um, are two regulars. We've got Ronnie Pete and we've got Simon May. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, we've got a special guest tonight. Um, we said at the end of the season via Twitter that we're looking to get one or two supporters in over the summer to get a few views and a little bit of history on their time with the club. So it gives me great pleasure to uh, to welcome Colin Porter. Colin, welcome to the podcast team tonight. Good to be here. Good to be here. Excellent. So without further ado, let's get cracking. It's been a few weeks since we got round the table. A lot's happened since then. Basically, we got beaten the playoffs. So ultimately, a very very disappointing result. But on the day, we weren't good enough. Yeah. Warrington by far the stronger side. Not necessarily better footballers, but stronger. Looking back, we came into that game on a high because the Buxton match, they had it all, didn't they? Mm-hmm. It's like goals, sending offs, coming back from behind. Um, it was just a great advert for the league, the club, and non-footballers. Mm-hmm. You and I commented on first commentary. first commentary, I. <laughs> it was like a great match to commentate on because it was like Evan Ford. After that, I was thinking, oh, this is it, we're going to do it. Well, names on the trophy. Names on the trophy. Yeah. Everyone just seemed to be on a high, the fans, the players. We go 1-0 up with a great goal from Josh Gillies. And you're thinking, here we go. And then, all of a sudden, it just falls. Half time, we went in 1-0 up. Excellent goal of Gillies. We thought, this is it. Then second half, just seemed to, was it confidence or what, were they nervous? I think possibly, I think a bit of nerves possibly creep in, Colin. I think so. And also, um, just fitness, I think, in the end. Tiredness. Tiredness, yeah. I think, you know, Carl Finnegan had been out for a long time and he, yeah. he, he, he come back with all guns blazing, you know, he'd get goals and he just showed how much of a mess he was. Yeah. But it really showed on that day, after like early in the second half, he, his legs had gone. Oh, he was shot. And he did have a lot of firepower towards the end of the season and uh, I think. That, that was a, a, a main focal point, but yeah, just throughout the team, I think, a lot of, I wouldn't say fitness, because we've got a very fit squad, but just strength, and you know, they just, they just look like mm. it. followed the same kind of narrative, there's a lot of games during that season where we go on a lot, we're on top, then we let the team come back, a couple of defensive lapses, and before you know it, you know you're on the back foot, yeah. you're now trying to hold on to the game, yeah. and they brought that Amos, when he came on, it, it just made a hell of a difference for Warwick. And he was a focal point up front, plus all the things we discussed. And then all of a sudden, you're on the back foot that Amos is, gets the winner. And you're like, how on earth did that happen? And then you're absolutely devastated. You know, actually, this, you just chat about it. This is all back. This thing, the way it was, it was just a, a crazy 45 minutes, really. Do you think Fenton and Picken missed a trick in the second half? No, you're looking at how Finnegan clearly was knackered after about 55 minutes. He didn't bring... Was it I think Foley was what? Foley came on about two or three minutes yeah, ago. Yeah. He brought Harmison on first. I think Foley had a few chances at the end. If he had been on a bit earlier. Well, I think half the, half the crowd thought he'd scored. Yeah, he hit the same. Oh, no, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they got the substitutions the wrong way around. Because when Harmison had been coming on during that season, he obviously, he's a big lad. 
and so your, 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 your game plan changes a bit, but it's almost all goes root one. There's no mix. Mm-hmm. No, no predictable. No, yeah, they're very strong warranting. Exactly. They they well drilled. They they hardly can see the ball all schemes and so on. I think Pendleton Pickett probably learned a lot from just that that forty five minutes alone. Uh, which capped off a disappointing weekend because the night before we got beat at the Stadium of Light, didn't we, against yeah. Shildon? But the kids put on a, a great show, spirited show. Yeah. yeah, that young Thompson was outstanding oh, that well, night. Midfield, yeah. Aye. Was he number four? Aye. Aaron he's been given a contract yeah. as well. Yeah. Yes. I mean, who I was sitting every week saying, who's that? 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 As was sat on round the table month by month, it kind of ebbed and flowed. In January, we thought it's almost like kind of job done. We've we've caught up with everybody. It's now everybody else got to catch us up. It's not easy. It's just show how tough that league is. I think we had four points on Warrington and Fowler, didn't we? Because yeah, we lost four points because of the North Ferriby disaster. Mm-hmm. So really, overall, probably the right thing happened. Aye. Um, Colin, you've obviously been with the Mariners, a Mariners supporter for what, 51 years? Yeah, getting Fif- on that, yeah. 51 yeah. years? So you, as a, as a fan of 51 years standing, you know, this is kind of back. Shields are back where more or less they were. Where they were when I first, first started watching oh. yeah. Northern Premier League. So were you disappointed by not going up? Or, or, or did you feel as though it was kind of, well, well we're not quite... I was disappointed on the day, but looking back in retrospect, I mean, to get promoted, to finish second, and then some good teams in that league, so not too disappointed personally. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of uh, supporters think we should be get promoted every season, and, mm. you know, but it's it's not that's not going to happen. No. Second top, we we'll just drive on, push on this season, see what so, happens. Not too disappointed. Good. I, I I've just got this feeling that. If you remember, there was the talking with Jeff Thompson, etc. Last summer, the goal was promotion. Yeah. You know, they made yeah. it clear, yeah. and then a season of consolidation yeah. Yeah. in National yeah. North. So the way I, you know, with what was announced the other day, with about going semi full time, it looks like they've took last season as the season of consolidation. You know, yeah. potentially. Any, I've had this feeling where I've thought, I wonder if. Jeff's gone to the management team and said, right, what do we need to do to guarantee promotion next year? Do they need more time with the players? Maybe they've said that, and that's why mm-hmm. they're going at this new route. Mm-hmm. More training sessions, yeah? Get their ideas over or whatever. Which means that the calibre of player or the, the ability of players to train might be pivotal in deciding who comes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think I think the age of the player will certainly be... Most relevance, you know, they've got to be ready to, to, to make football almost their full time vocation. I think the pressure this season will be double last season because I, we just, I don't think we can afford another season in this league with the wages we're pay, paying these players. Oh, well, I, I, I think it will be a disaster not to get promoted again. Really? Yeah. I'm not so sure it's the, the wages to pay the players, I just think it's the whole infrastructure and the club is so big now. I think that yeah. is the pressure. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, like, you know, one or two little comments on social media. Our budget, playing wise, isn't isn't the biggest, or certainly, you know, not by a mile, the biggest in the Northern Premier League. You know, so I saw an article in um, non-league paper with an interview with Graham Fenton. Yes. 
about how clubs are not investing in their pitches yeah, are paying players more yeah. um, and, and that kind of and he indicated that Shields actually don't pay wages compared to some other clubs they're probably higher high for the North East you know but in terms of the Northern Premier League you know probably uh, not a so there's been a lot of talk in social media around when we're going to make signings other clubs are you know signing this that and the other and or we're going to have a team to play Sunderland, or we're going to have it, you know. Well, the retain list has come out, no surprise, really. But some of the lads that have been released, Gavin Cognon, for instance. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't surprise me. Well, he's, he's out a lot through injury. Holidays and stuff like that, but injury, we seem to get injured a lot. But he is one of your favourite. Yes. He's an impact player, bring him on, he's fantastic. So yeah. I was disappointed to see him go, but. He's liable to get two or three hamstrings a season, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's obviously got in his cottage somehow. He did the even bigger since Christmas. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a fairly hard at the far end of the season where he looked more dangerous than Paul did. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I go with that. I'd still say if you look last season as a whole, when he, his impact on the game isn't as great as it used to be. Yeah. Obviously, he's getting older, but also I think that the players he played against at this level, they're just are quicker, stronger, and they've got you know better football and brains. They can read a player far, far better. You need more strings to your ball. Um, I thought I'd be interested to see what sort of record Gavin Coleman has. Oh, you know, he's a Spennymore legend. Yeah. But I wonder how many goals he got in the Northern League for Spennymore compared to Northern Premier League. Uh, and you know, I wonder what sort of impact he had. The, what, what really baffles me is Spain when I took them up into the National League yeah, North. I was surprised. That was just... He's going to, like Colin, maybe attributed to their impact player, maybe impact player from the bench. Yeah. Jason Haynes did say that. You know, whether it's on the bench or the start. He's directly runs up and doesn't mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but he will, he'll be liable to get the odd hamstring or whatever. Yes, you know, I don't think he would have been released if he was 30 years old. No, no. 36. Fit as a fiddle, 36. Well, but, but still, with the impact that he didn't really have last season, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. He did say when he did the deal with Spennymore when he was saying that he's a, a better player now than what he was when he left Spennymore. And absolutely. Credit the, the training with. Absolutely. Very much so. He's improved. He's a better player now than what he was, which, which is a good compliment to our management mm-hmm. and trainer. Very much so. Uh, I think he was um, a bit mischievous when he cut his comments, like, you know, saying like budget cuts itself, oh. and more than that. I mean, you know, I was the first of all, I to believe there was no, you know, it was a mutual decision going. But seeing some of these little, like, not little comments, that's like, it's a bit snide, but you know, he, 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 a couple of little things on social media just suggest there's a bit of beef. Uh, from his point of view, which you can understand, he, he feels he can do a job still. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he's gone to a higher level, so good luck to him, you know. Absolutely. Kala, Kala's gone. I was yeah. gutted. Big disappointment. Yeah, big disappointment. Yeah. You only play on the side of pace, aren't you? Well, what's in front of him? You've got Loth and you've got Adams. So maybe he's thinking he's not going to get much play he time. But, wasn't. but he just gave you that option of get. Get down the line and get the ball over, whereas Blair certainly cuts in too much. And so but Sai, you've disappointed. I, I am Colin, and you've been of advocate. You you've always kind of advocated the thought of like Callahan and Adams on the left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know it would mean a change of formation. So that, that, you know, the football was almost like four four two. But what's wrong with that? I just think you know they would be dynamite together. You know, essentially. I, I, I look at that point. I think he'd have to be. Mm. Yeah. 
And I think that that showed up when we played Warrington. Because Warrington had a lot of width. Whereas we just struggled. I think it might be this, you know, the, the fluid three up front. Sometimes we just lose the width because it's too narrow. Playing a 4 4 2 could, could give us that width, but I don't know what else we'd lose by. I know. Uh, uh, we, tend, we tend to have width when Lee Mason's fit because he just picks pockets of space anyway and can, is liable to turn up anywhere, mm-hmm. which could be wide left, it could be wide right. He brings the automatic width, just, but if he's not 100% fit, he's not able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to think that maybe with the added training sessions, he might be able to attend one or two, you know, you never he's, know. He's got a great brain football Absolutely. Brain. His movement down the channels and what he's... Fabulous player. I don't know if he's, I don't know if it's Benton being an ex-professional, giving him that. Four fight sight, I don't know, but he's potentially only. Yeah. Yeah. For me, he was clear of the year. For me, he was. Um, well, Fenton, it's been stated that he does specifically work with the strikers as a trainer. So it's no. Well, it's Fenton who brought him in from North Shields. So Aye. Oh, he's, he's a classic. He's been a, a real success, hasn't he? He's made the step up because he was known and he wasn't, he stepped up, so he's. Absolutely, but he has played at this level before, but not, yeah. not much. Um, but clearly, more than. More than good enough. He's my he's my favourite player. I make no bones about that. I think he's just I think he's terrific. Although, in terms of favourite players, there's a lot a lot of people falling towards the two lads from the northwest, Law yeah. and Daly. I think it will be significant this season that they'll have a full season. Mm. Obviously, last year they came a little bit later and took obviously because of where they where they're from and the travel it took a little bit of time to get in. Daily came really late, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Having them with a proper pre-season, better than the team, that's going to be a massive advantage. Yeah. And I think what will happen is Briggs will end up playing a more supporting role, and I think those two will be the main mm. men in the team. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there will be. I've heard. I've heard on the grapevine. Luke Daly's definite. Mm-hmm. But if they're going full time, four times a week, it's a no-brainer. Those two will be. New signing, Adam Thurston, another Northwest lad. Clearly, they'll be living here. Well, in his interview, you heard Thurston say, I'm looking forward to come to the area and mm-hmm. it's got beaches and all that. Like, you're not going to come to the beach if you're coming to train on a Tuesday night, are you? Yeah. Luke Daly, had, had we beaten Warrington and then beaten Kings Lane with Luke Daly at the forefront, he would have been my first. Mm-hmm. I think he alone, his energy and drive just pushed us, virtually pushed us over the line, you know. He was bagging us there. Great, great. If I look back at the Buxton game in the playoff semi final when we're getting beat at half time, the game had passed Luke Daly by. Yeah, yes. The second half, we could see from the press box the look in their eyes. Out Nathan Lowe was going to explode. His eyes were so glazed, they were up for it. And then he brought Turnbull on, which so Turnbull did what Turnbull does, which allowed those other two to buy, lads. Daly was just explosive that second half. Magnificent. So Adam Thurston's come in then. Mm-hmm. He's the main. He's the, the first signing of the summer, other than the two academy lads who've been offered contracts. So he's ex-Man United. Like Luke Daly. Playing in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. He Which looks good on YouTube. In New Zealand. Is, uh, and again, there's a lot of people who look good on YouTube. They <laughs> do. Um, but with what he was doing on YouTube, with the tackle and the tenacity that he, that he looks as though he's got, and the quality on the ball, um, but could this be the type of like blueprint of player that is going to come into the club now? Isn't yeah. it a little bit like that? Well, he's a 
hard winning ball. You know, Absolutely. Ball winner, isn't he? This Aaron Thurston looks like he's playmaker, number 10. Right, he plays fullback. He plays fullback as well. Yeah, he looks like he's a he's a creative player. From what I mean, it's hard to tell on YouTube, but he looks like he's creating quite a lot with pace. Mm -hmm. um, whereas Law is like a dynamic midfielder who, who's got a good thing on him. Aye. Like strong. He's strong. Yeah, I, what, what you yeah. need in that league, I think. Yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> You're not kidding. So. That could be the blueprint of any more signings coming in under the new hybrid mm. model. Hybrid, part full time. Nah. You think that'll add pressure? You think that'll like next season if things aren't going well, you'll get other clubs saying, ah, you can't, you know, he's a full time and all this. Is it? I think it will if 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 we're not, you know, top of the league or pushing for the top top spot. Club needs to get promoted. I mean, let's be honest, we're the team every team wants to beat. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right. We've got the fans, we've got the pitch, we've got the ground, we've got the management. We're the team. We're there to be shot down, aren't we? We are. It's certainly going part conviction in terms of a part full time. Everyone's going to say, ah, oh, you know, if you're not top of the league, then what's the point? Yeah. What you're doing? I think they're more than up for it. Especially the management team, are. Oh, um, well, it brings us on to. Um, you mentioned there the ground, the pitch, and you know, the pitch looks absolutely yeah. immaculate yeah. already. That, that pitch. It's made for our, our football, isn't it? And we've signed a few new floodlights as well. Yeah. Maybe they can do jobs as well. We'll certainly be able to see more of the game. <laughs> Far corner. Yeah. Wow. So, the pitch looks in good nick already, ready for some pre-season games. Mm -hmm. So, already, there's a list of pre-season matches arranged. Big one, Sunderland. So, it's been quiet on the club front. And then the made the decision to announce this hybrid full-time model tickets have gone on sale for the Sunderland pre-season friendly and everybody's talking about Shields again and it's Sunderland's first team not the under 23s so that in itself is already in my view a, an improvement on last pre-season yeah, yeah. under 23 tournament games against Catalyst and the concert but it was, it was, it was in, where the pre-season before was So if you look at the fixtures that have been put in, mm. you know, Osset, Geisley, some yeah. hard games. Yeah. Yeah. So York City. York City. Hopefully that will stand us in better stead. Would like to think that the business of bringing in players will be done quicker than last year as well. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of trialists playing like in the, the latter friendlies, and you just hope. Obviously, you know, players come available sometimes at the late stage. You know, you know, South Shields they do the due diligence on players. They don't just sign anybody on a whim. Um, but hopefully they'll get you know the vast majority uh, done and dusted quite early. We definitely, definitely need a striker who can guarantee you. Like 20 goals a season. Goals. Someone like James Walshaw at Scarborough, yeah. he seems to like. Every he's, season, he's, he's, he's older more. again than what we're getting rid of, though. Someone like him, it's hard to find. Finding under that Pinnacle is going to be really hard because he's probably one of the best strikers in our division. He's a big him, It's just massive blow, massive blow. Be because it's not just the. The goals, it was what he brought to the game. He brought like a professional background, so he knew how to get in, into defenders' yeah, heads yeah. and, yeah. you know. Hold the ball up, lay the ball up, wind the defenders up, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, so, 
after the Warrington game, the managers stated on in an interview with Dan Prince that they were already they'd already been talking straight after the game. They know where we were short last year and they knew what was required for next season. Yeah. What is it? What do we need? We're saying Thurston, but where we're short? Striker, striker, goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, and in my I was, the one thing I was shocked about on the retained list is we kept our all of our defenders. Yeah. And defensively, uh, we have to be honest and say we weren't great last season. We weren't good. We had, in I think with sloppy goals. It was set pieces on was the, the biggest. Yeah, um, we didn't we didn't seem to concede a lot from open play. Ones that we did concede open play seemed to be like daft. Yeah, like, like silly daft goals, goals. Yeah. like weird stuff. Which made it when I seen that we've got like the back four, the normal back four, Baxter, Adam, Shaw, Morris, with Connell behind, and the backups, backups of uh, Lock and Brown. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised at that that they didn't kind of at least let some of them go and replace them with fresh defenders mm. that have played at this level or above. Maybe they will, but yeah. it's like because. I think the amount of goals we let in compared to Warrington last year, I yeah, it's huge, massive. Don't particularly from set pieces. Yeah, disagree with you. I don't think it can better our fullbacks. Fullbacks, yeah, I agree with fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Craig Bax has been one of our favourite players as a, as a group and yeah, forever. Sure, got injured and then. Um, I suppose you like all the individuals getting different people to play with. You look at each one and you like all the attributes of those individuals. You know, like John Shaw, just you know, you know, you know what he brings. Still, most of times can make superb last ditch tackles, but because it's last ditch, does that then mean he's reading the game not quite there? I don't know. I'm not. I don't know enough. Yeah. I don't read the game well enough to, 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 to yeah. see. They're all going to concede goals. Yes. It's yeah. But it was. For me, it was too many set-piece yeah. goals. I, I, we didn't consider, as I say, for a lot from open play. The, the ones from in open play tend to be bizarre. Bizarre goals that you look and think, how did that happen? Yeah. But but set-pieces were, were a worry. Individually, I agree, they're all like really good. But I think when Shaw was out or Morse was out, I don't think we've got enough quality in cover. Mm. No, I don't think Brown's the answer. You're right there. So that's why I'm saying we kept, not only did we keep the normal back five, we also kept backups as well. Maybe, we, my, my, well, that's why I was surprised at that. It was like, yeah. could we not get better cover in? Mm-hmm. So when Morse and Shaw are injured, which is undoubtedly the worst, it's like, okay, who, who could fill in for that? Mm-hmm. And do we have good enough backups? You mentioned the new, new goalkeeper. We've said around this table on one or two occasions about Liam. We're not his biggest fans. Good shot stopper, very good on the ball. Mm. At times he's cost us daft, some of those daft, bizarre goals. Mm. Set pieces, could he dominate his I, box? I, I wonder, uh, you know, the weakest of set pieces and you think, you know, so individual errors are somewhat, well, perhaps they're not Martin, so it is an individual error, but I don't hear them a lot, you know. Back when we were kids, or your, your goalkeepers are always up to when you know, you shout, you shout, shout. The modern goalkeepers don't. That's from what I can hear from the matches, and that really no different than any of us, I suppose. Um, but I just, I just wonder that no one really dominates that box at set pieces. No one's, you, you don't see anybody, you know, shouting and bawling and pointing and saying, you get him and you get, or whatever. You know, perhaps they don't need to do that, you know, they, they, they know their jobs and whatnot, but. 
I just think somebody needs to dominate, should be the goalkeeper. For me, Liam Connell, said good shot stopper. I saw he, he's obviously just re-signed, and I don't know whether it was just a photograph, but he looks a little bit leaner. He does. And I've always felt he's a bit too muscular. And lack of, you know, his, his reflexes are second to none. I still go back to the, the run for limits, sadly, on the bars, you know, just terrific tip over the bar. But I just feel if the ball isn't in his arc, mm-hmm. in a cricket term, really, if it's not late, it's, it doesn't get there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some goals gone in the season that grant them away, for example. He didn't make any attempt to, no. save, to save the ball. And I just wonder, if, if, if he is leaner, he's just, you know, he's working on his agility on that, be a great thing. He had a bad pre-season last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it ever really improved. Whether that just had played on his mind. He showed signs in January, I felt, coming back into form, he had a decent game against Fars and that. But then the errors crept in again. And I'm just, uh, I don't, if, if, if he's one number one, that's, that's fine, but I do think we need someone to really push him. We need somebody to push him, as you say, to keep him on his toes. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. he's a natural choice every week, there's nobody. Yeah, he's He's got a lot of credit in the bank, he's a huge fan's favourite. But for me, you know, he, was a, he was a fog for several goals last season. And if, if Dan Lister was, you know, and you know, he needs something special, he should have been pushing for a, for, for a spot. Aye. But it didn't happen. Aye. So I'd, I'd like to see another goalkeeper come in. Competition's massive in football. Mm. Massive. Once you get some competition, all the magic in the radio's all game. Just push your door when it's sitting there. So there's a keeper. You don't want to be sitting there with a keeper because you never get on. I've, I've stated in other forums that I just believe that Shields need a, a new keeper. But need a new number one. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I know. Because he's, he's short in stature as well. I so was, someone who dominates. Chatted in the bar and said, Someone for me, like Michael Ingham from Tadcaster. Oh, there's a goalkeeper. Terrific, but he's 39, you know, it, it doesn't really fit the bill for South Shields. So that's some of the saves he made when we played down there. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a proper goalkeeper, isn't he? I've yeah. said that everybody is goalkeeper. He's excellent, isn't he? Excellent, yeah. He's yeah. played most of his uh, career at York. Yeah. So we like that, he's pushing, you know. Yeah, um, but you know, his age, I think he. he, he he works for the company that sponsors Tadcaster, so he's not he's not going to be leaving. No, but someone of that else. But as I've stated somewhere else, you know, we need need a new keeper, and, and I was told, you know, and and they were right, you know, like who's out there? Mm. There's nobody out there that you think Shield should get him mm-hmm. in terms of goalkeepers. No, not uh, we thought there was there was rumor of Pete Jamison thinking, oh well, would he? But he's ended up going elsewhere anyway enough of that uh, let's get move on to the the real reason why we've got Colin in with us this evening with there being very little football on at the moment in the summer certainly in terms of South Shields we've we made the decision a while back to look at bringing supporters in to to join us and have a bit chat around the table and so um I asked her around a little bit to see who would be the ideal supporters to come in we've had a few requests already and we'll act upon those requests over the summer but one name kept popping up when I was talking to various supporters and that name was Colin Porter. So Colin as we said earlier thanks very much for joining us but really this is what we've got you in for it's a chance to have a bit chat with you and find out about your history with with the club which goes back a long long time 50 51 years I think Colin. So when exactly was your first game? First game was 1968 because I was born in Simonside 1960, 59, 60, 
And my first memories living in Simon Side were big yellow corporation buses <laughs> parked outside the house because I lived around the corner yeah. the same side hall wondering what, what's all this about and crowds of men getting off these buses and walking towards same side hall. Lo and behold, you get a little bit older, you get interested in football, eight year old. My dad takes us along to my first South Shields match. Memories of that is probably Len Smith just bursting the net with his rocket shots and Massive goalkeeper Bertie Garrow. We used to, um, we used to Newcastle Road. We used to sit on the barrier. Uh, and I've seen the photograph. There's like a Mark Burns put a photograph on on the Saima Branch page of the the original Saima Branch. Basically, yeah. a load of kids sitting on the barrier. Was that one of you? That, Are you one of them? I'm on there, and I believe Mark's also on there because Mark's a Saima lad, original uh, Saima lad, and that's how it was. We used to sit on the barrier, and then the, we used to get when the match kicked off, we had to go behind the barrier, health and safety. Uh, <laughs> And I always remember the standing area was all railway sleepers. Aye. And I mean, health and safety then was non existent. And in the winter, they were just absolutely lethal. <laughs> so that was like my first memories of, of Saima Hall. So that continued right up till 73, 74. 74, aye. Um, the, just the big crowds we got then, just fantastic. You mentioned about Len Smith rocket shot. I mean, every, a lot of people talk about it. We are too young to remember stuff like that. I mean, was it as hard as it, it, it was? It, he got the ball at his feet and you knew it was in the back of that net, honest. Really? Three kicks, he used to take the keeper out sometimes. Just <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So 74 was kind of the yeah, sword down the river. Well, we all know the history. Uh, yeah. our, our great historian, Bob Ray, has wrote about it many times in the programmes. How basically it was sold down the river, the supporters and the bulldozed the hole and went to Gateshead and that was it. That was it. Well, that's what we thought that was it anyway. Yeah, and then yeah. comes Jack Clark Park. Jack Clark Park. Actually, a friend of mine was manager there in the 80s, big Dennis Massingham, and he managed to get the best of the local footballers. Uh, I used to work with one of the lads, Terry Linney. Oh, yeah, I like uh, Terry. Kate Well, Davy Bell, you know, good local players. I think mm. one of the Wearside League then. Yeah, Wearside League. Paul Craig, another good player. Mm-hmm. So, watched him quite a bit at... Jack Clark Park. Just just a footnote of that. There was a young lass used to be at Jack Clark Park selling teas, who was still with the club. Janet <laughs> Honeyman, who is now Janet Davies. Yeah. And you know, people like that. The club needs people like that. Absolutely. You know. So she's been thirty odd years. She's been. Yeah. Well, we remember. We remember Janet at Jack Clark Park with a little table when there was the tea and a few Mars bars and a few Twixes and bags of crisps. And it was just basically a table. Yeah. And then. Personally, when we came back to, to Mariners Park to see us still, still serving, oh, still like, wow, Un- unbelievable. The club needs people like that. So, so anyway, watched him for a few years at Jack Clark Park, and then somewhere along the line, Mr. John Rundle mm. came on the scene, mm-hmm. and I, th- I believe he became chairman. He um, did, yeah. And he had a bit of forethought. There was a Filtrona Sports Club was derelict, and I believe it came up for sale or something, and he managed to yeah. buy it, improved it, mm-hmm. built a nice stand, which is still there today, where yeah. I sit. Ah. So all credit to John Rundle on that. Yeah, 92 was... Nin- nin- 92, yes, that was when he, when he took over and he got the team going again. So I started watching Shields at Phil Trona. Mm-hmm. We had some great memories of them times. We had, you know, we had some... Great players. We had a strike force early nineties of Thompson and Harkus. Mm. I mean, Stevie Harkus, tremendous. Tom, Still, Tomma, tremendous. Probably up there with 
with one of I mean Simon and I used to walk, revel over Harky and Tomah up front. It was a great strike. Unbelievable. I mean, the shame Harkness went to Gateshead and got injured, and that, that was yeah. it. But him and Thompson were, were great. And I think we're in the Wearside League then for a good number of years. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the 80s and then in the early 90s, and then, of course, came the promotion to Northern League Division 2. Exactly. My big memory of them, te- them times was the manager turnover. They seemed to be getting new managers every few months. We couldn't <laughs> seem to keep the managers yeah. for some reason. Well, You know, you've kind of followed the club from... Simon Side Hall, Jack Clark Park, Phil Trona, ultimately Mariners Park. But those Northern League days, you know, the Northern League was where, even when we used to watch, we felt the club should be in the Northern League, not yeah. the WSI League. And we get to the to the Northern League, that's when we, as a group of lads, start to kind of we fell into the Premier League trap. We used to go and watch, you know, soccer Saturday and yeah. all that carry on. Yeah. We used to sit in the pub instead of going to local games. Mm-hmm. You st- stuck by the club. You stayed. You went to Filtrona. Yeah. And you were part of the supporters association. Yeah, that that came about. It was about two thousand and seven. That one of the games. We knew years before there had been a supporters association. So we just a few we got together. I think so like to me, John Pendergrass, Bob Scott, Bob Ray, David Ledbetter, mm-hmm. Stephen Ramsey Senior. You with us? And we said, oh, we'll get a supporters club going, which which we did. We ended up with over 250 members, I think. Wow. It was all sort of done by hand. Then it was, we used to print the forms out, put them through people's letterbox, collect the money. I think we had Janet Davies doing the secretarial work. Yeah. That, was, that worked. Um, we did a lot of fundraising for the club from about 2007 to 2012. I think we mostly raised about £25,000. Really? And we, I think we used to drip feed the club. Yeah. So, the total of about £20,000 over the years just to... Help buy a player, a new lawnmower, um, get Christmas holiday raffle stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a lot of stuff to raise the money, used to bag packing, coast to coast bike rides, car boot sale. I had a car boot sale at Filtrona. Um, just different things, trying to raise funds, you know, for the mm-hmm. help help the club when yeah. it really needed it. Well, really need. I mean, crowds. You know, we get crowds now of you know yeah. two thousand whatever. But back then, you you were getting two fifty, three hundred, and yeah. it was a different animal back then. Yeah. So I mean, t- today, you know, the marquee's chock a block, the clubhouses chock a block. Back then, who you know, what was a match day like? Match day then there used to be uh, before the game. There used to be maybe a dozen of where used to congregate around in the bar. Bob Scott used to have a little desk. Mm-hmm. Used to sell bits of mer- bits, bits of merchandise, nothing on the scale of what he does now. Yeah. Just you know, bits and pieces. But we used to gather around there half a dozen of us, and that was it really. The crowds maybe about seventy to one hundred, and we used to have a hardcore. Used to stand behind the goals. Some of the lads still do actually, like John Pendergast. Uh, yeah, and it was just it was just like a camaraderie then. Mm-hmm. I think that's why people stayed with it and didn't go to watch Newcastle or something. Yeah. We, had, we had a good set of friends. We used to. Hire a little minibus and go to away games, or sometimes used to go in Gary Crookwell's little minibus. You know that that was the away support. Then there was a baby yeah. a dozen of them. That was it. Yeah, you know. But I mean, the main away game, I suppose, in terms of a day out, would have been probably what Penrith. Penrith was. You get the fixtures at the beginning of the season. That was the one. We used to book a couple of guest houses. We used to get a little minibus, spend the night there. Yeah. At that time, the ground was right in the middle of the the town, mm-hmm. and then they got the new ground outside the town, which is a beautiful ground. Yeah, mm. so. They were the great days, yeah. Yeah. And I suppose, I mean, now that the club is where it is, and we'll get to Peter Lee shortly, but, uh-huh. you know, 
do you miss that kind of thing? Or, or have you rode along this crest of a wave with it as they've changed? Because away days now are yeah. a completely different animal. You, you do miss it, it's just nostalgia, but I, I wouldn't swap any of that for what we've got now, it's yeah. tremendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to away games now and you see the Seymour branch, you hear them singing, and <laughs> honest, you just think, wow, you know, yeah. this is this is unbelievable. Yeah, I remember the first concert away a few years ago, and all of a sudden there was a, a group of about 500 Shield supporters in the corner started singing, and it was the Seymour branch, and yeah. it was just like, wow, where, where's this came from? Oh, you know, yeah. that was just awesome. But, um, but of course, it's well documented, the club's um, twists and turns, the trials and tribulations, and ultimately... We we lose the ground. We have to go to Peter Lee. Yeah, you were involved with the supporters' association. Was still going then. Still going then. Yeah. Um, what was your kind of in, involvement in those Peter Lee days? Peter Lee days, we were just fans, supporters. Um, obviously, we still used to do our fundraising. Just camaraderie, really. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, some of the games, some of the midweek games, there might have been about twenty or thirty people there, and that was it. But Bob Ray used to have his little hut. Collecting the money, you know. And uh-huh. For some reason, it was always blowing a gale down there because it was right <laughs> on the coast. And the ball used to always be going over the fence or the wall. And Gary Crookwell used to be going getting the ball and bringing it back. And uh, just fun days, you know. But People talk about the dark days of Peter Lee, but there must have been some fun times. Oh, it was great. Well. I mean, if, if it hadn't been for Peter Lee, the club would have, fold, would have yeah. folded, you know. We would have been out of the league and that would have been it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was great that, that the likes of Dave Fall and Gary and them came up with a plan B. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here now. No, absolutely not. But then comes the the Phoenix, as it were. Yes. Um, Jeff Thompson comes along and buys Phil Trona. Yes. Changes the name to Mariners Park, gets South Shields back, yes. back home. Mm-hmm. And then comes this kind of snowball effect. Which is it? Which has happened. Which has happened. As a supporter who's been there through the good times and the bad, when you see crowds of 2,000, when you when the club used to get crowds of 200, do you ever ask yourself, where the hell were you, was 1,800? Do you ever ask that? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story. The first home game after Jeff Thompson took over, I went to the ground expecting a couple of hundred people, and there was must have been nearly 700 people turned up, mm-hmm. and I said to my wife, because she was at the game, with us, I thought, where... where where have all these people come? Where have they been? Yeah. What have they been doing on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Where, where have they came from? And then, just fantastic. Yeah. You know. I Probably like us. Yeah. You know, you fall for the Premier League and the yeah. Sky Sports and all that. And, you know. You know and, and people get disillusioned, don't they? But of course, the club is back. And match the experiences now oh. are vastly different. Oh, great. Um, just what is your, what's your... Match my, my match day experience, well, my wife Janice works in the in the tea bait hook with Janet. Mm-hmm. I've done it together for years, so we I get there early with Janice, quarter past one, and I walk in the ground and you see all the kids on the Astro turf training, getting coached, mm-hmm. with all the Shields colours on. I mean, it's fantastic. It, it puts a lump in my throat. Yeah. You know, it does. It really does. Hardly anybody, any, hardly anybody had a South Shields shirt. No. And now you're seeing them around the town. I, I used to wear mine 10, 15 years ago. People used to say, what's that, West Ham, Burnley? You know, people just didn't, didn't get it. And, and then I walk in the ground now and it's, it's just a brilliant experience, yeah. you know. So you, you get there sharp. Get there sharp. Janice is in the tea hut. Wife's in the tea hut. Have a cup of coffee. Then I go in the bar, meet old friends, new friends who I've never seen for years, who mm-hmm. are now 
Harden Shields fans. It's fantastic. Fantastic. So you've got 51 years. Over those 51 years, there's all sorts of players. Oh, yes. You know, played for the club. Yeah. You mentioned Lenny Smith and oh. Burke Gow and um, Harkness and Thompson. Do you have any particular favourites, you know, that you over, you know, you think, well... Uh, yeah. I know I know. we've got the likes, we've had Julio Arca and John Shaw and Baxter, Finnegan, tremendous players. But looking back, you know, in the not too far back, I'm thinking Lee Paul Scroggins. Mm-hmm. He could change a game with a tackle. You know, unbelievable. Hard tackle. He used to win the ball, pass it. I remember the cup final against Ashington about mm-hmm. 2010. He just took the game by the scruff of the neck. Yeah. It was like, cap- he was Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And another player would be young Stephen Ramsey, bursting on the scene as an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. I think Studsy put him on against Durham in the cup, away from home. I mean, we were second division. Durham were top of the first. We beat them, I think it was 3-1, and Ramsey got two goals. And Rama just went from strength to strength. And when we're down Peter Lee, Rama stayed loyal to the club. And he, he, he scored, every week he would score winning goals, hat-tricks. He was a tremendous player. And then it's just so unlucky with his injury. And, and you know, I think once you get a, an injury like that, you're, oh, you're never the same. Because I think he would, he, would have, he would have made it in the higher leagues had he not got injured. You certainly know, would have made the bench at Wembley. He would, he would have been on the bench, and he, yeah. you know, he might even got to run out. So yeah. that's a sad part of it for yeah. me. Yeah, and it's, it's obviously it's another of the Peter Lee faithful, Barry Smith, of and Barry, Barry just retired. Captain Marvel as well. He, he, he stayed through thick and thin. He, you know, down Peter Lee. He, he got offered numerous other clubs, same as Rama, but they stayed loyal. You can't you, buy. You, it, you can't. You can't buy you that. Can't. So the, the club of made it clear, you know, Project EFL, the aim is to get into the Football League. For some supporters, that might be kind of, oh, why? Why do we need to go into the Football League? Are you an advocate of this Football League thing? I would love for South Shields to get back in the Football League. Mm-hmm. But I, for, in the in the not-too-distant future, I'd be more than happy for the conference. Yeah. You know, the Gateshead League, what they were in, that, that I'd be happy with that and just consolidate. Yes. You know, instead of going too far too quick you know I may get shot down for saying that but I'm just you know well, if you think of where the club was you know yeah, I mean, 20, yeah. 2014-15 it's unbelievable <laughs> to get, it, yeah. to get to, to the National League as it's known now it's and to get promotions back to back the way we've, we've done it it's unbelievable and, and even this last season finishing second top to me that wasn't failure that was, that no. was success do you get frustrated <clears throat> with some of the Negativity? Yes, very. Maybe I'm a little bit claret and blue glasses sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, some games, maybe the things aren't going right at half-time and you get people you know, saying, oh, rubbish, blah, 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 I'm not very good. And I, I get annoyed with them sometimes, you know, but maybe I shouldn't, but I, I can't help it. I just think people sometimes expect too much. Teams are not going to roll over and you, let you beat them. You know, it, it, it's a hard game, football. You just... It's, it's not always black and white like you think it's going to be. It's absolutely not. So, Colin. Yeah. 51 years in counting. Right, okay. Are you looking forward to the new season? I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I, you know, I'm just looking at the you know the squad. The retained squad looks great, looks strong. We just maybe need to sign another striker, you know, yeah. as we've, dis- I've, I've, we've discussed. Um, well, it's, it's, it's looking positive. Very positive. You're excited. I'm very excited. Cannot wait. Bring it on. Excellent. Bring it on. 
Fantastic. Well, Colin, thanks for joining. It's not easy. Come to sit around the table and the microphone. the microphone in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no mean feat. So thanks for, for agreeing to join us. So it's been a great insight listening to your tales of old and new. So Colin, on behalf of, of the podcast team, thank you very much indeed for joining us. And ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's it for now. We'll look forward to joining you again soon. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the podcast. We will be getting together as the pre-season gets into, into full swing. It only begs for me to say on behalf of the podcast team, thanks for listening and we hope to hear from you and see you soon. So for now, it's bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon before you can say Julio Arca. <laughs>